Hey guys, my name is Cameron. I'm the drummer from Fencer, and you guys are listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, hey there, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, here once again. Today, I would like to welcome a talented drummer who's really, honestly, getting ready to take major strides in the music realm. Please welcome Cameron Sauve. I make sure I get the last name right. Uh, shout out to Antonio, by the way, because he has the same last name or the way it's spelled. Uh, Cameron, it's an honor, man. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Bro, you know, here we are closing in on an exciting time of the year for you and the boys over at Fencer with a drop of your highly anticipated single, Sanitarium, uh, set to drop October 11th. Uh, first things first, man. I know we did our pre-interview, all that stuff, getting Brick, brick the Ice. How are you? I think that's a. I I think I haven't asked you that yet. How are you, bro? I mean, I, I, that's an important question to ask, right? Especially today. Mm-hmm. And two, I feel like the excitement, right, of releasing new songs again after what we all went through these last two years, it has to be really kicking in, right? Have you had the chance to just maybe take this chance to just you know exhale and you know kind of just take a break yeah. in the middle of all this? How are you, man? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm great. I am. Like you said, I'm I'm very excited about this new release. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, um, we've been wanting to release music for years, and like you said, unfortunately, pandemic hit, and you know things didn't really go exactly the way we planned. But we are, you know, super excited to finally get music out. And I do want to. Co- that's that's because <laughs> I'm doing great. That's the last thing. <laughs> yeah, we we are doing great, right? It's usually it's like. Uh, hey, how's your day been? Right, that was the day. Now it's like, how's your year been? Because mm-hmm. we haven't seen so many people in so long, so now people are finally coming out to the forefront. But uh, I was gonna say, I do want to commend you on all the well-deserved recognition you guys have been getting so far, especially this year. I'm excited to see, you know, what the future holds for Fencer. There's so much to discover about this release, the potential debut album. I don't know what you can and cannot say about it. Uh, mm-hmm. What you guys are all about. Now, before we get to all that and beyond, um, Cameron, uh, like I said, I, I want to take a moment here. You guys are from originally from L.A., correct? That is correct. Yeah, we now, uh, born and raised. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, L.A. is my second home. I go every year. Uh, I actually lived there for like three years out in Fullerton. Now, for fans and listeners who don't already know, I, I want to go back. Let's take a time machine here, Cameron. Let's go back to 2016. OK, maybe even before that. Because that was a significant time for you, Field, and your brother, Scott, because that also entailed the formation of Fencer. Um, now, I, I know going back in time, somehow we aged two years, right, from 2020. I'm still stuck in mm. 2019. But if you could briefly recall, you know, that moment when you knew that this is what you wanted to do with your life, because I feel like everything else has also went by in a blink at the same time. Mm-hmm. When did Fencer become Fencer? In other words, Fencer became Fencer for me kind of honestly towards the beginning because I spent a long time kind of jumping in between bands and not really being on the right path that I wanted. And I was fortunate enough to meet Field in a previous band that I was in. And we kind of met and we would meet every now and then and record music and it just really clicked. And that's kind of when I realized that I'm like, okay, like we are doing some pretty special we're cranking out tunes that you know we're writing at 4 a.m in like out, right out front right out here yeah. in field's car that are just stuff that sounds super special so 
that's kind of when it all really started for me. And honestly, everything past then has only been reinforcing like the few tours that we've been on the, you know, few great shows that we've done all the interviews. It's all just kind of added to the momentum of like, you know, this is really what I want to do. And this is, you know, we got something really special. I don't know you guys are just getting started, but are you a sentimental person like me? Like you keep like ticket stubs and like the, the shows that you play, just something from those specific, that specific time in your life. Are, do, do you do things like that? Or maybe it's just me? I, I kind of do. I kind of do. Yeah. Every, every time we play a show, I try and keep a ticket. I know yeah. in my room somewhere, there's a ticket to one of our first like state social health shows. We have our first, I have a few tickets to our first like whiskey shows. Like, yeah, I yeah. keep, I keep memorabilia. I kind of like to have it around. Now you guys have been around for, I, I, was, is it 2016? I want to say maybe 2016, 2017, you know? Yeah. 2016, 2017. Yeah. Then. It's my somehow it's been five or six years for you guys. You know, I, I want to stick on that subject of like the touring life and, you know, the live music experience for you personally, because this is something and this is an important question to ask. I feel like every every guest I have on here, this is a question I have to ask them because of what's happened in 2020. Right. Because if you were to ask me this question, I know I would have a different answer two years ago because I am more grateful now of the live music experience of going to shows because this was something that was taken away from us just like that and you guys have toured yeah. here's the thing bro you have toured with the likes of bad flower not only bad flower the rex dead poet society man would you say if i were to ask you and i'm going to a, a newfound appreciation of the touring life now considering what's happened you know or, or is it just yeah. you know playing the first show i mean technically we're still in the pandemic but on the other side of it you know the first show since the pandemic started or maybe just picking up where you left off. Would you say you're more grateful now, in other words? Oh, 100%. The, um, it's been, it's completely honestly changed the ways that I've looked at, like going to shows and watching yeah. people is because now I know how all the background stuff kind of goes. I know like, oh, the other band's probably in there somewhere, like hanging out, like kind of, you know, it gives me a new perspective of going to live shows. And I have a complete appreciation for like, going and playing shows and touring. I, you know, I've learned more about field in that one month that we did touring than I have in the last like five years knowing him. It's, you know, it's a great way to kind of get to know everyone and, you know, really appreciate the live music and, you know, how each venue is different. You can see the smile on her face as you're telling me about this camera. I'm thinking of, I want to give a shout out to digital tour bus. Cause I know you've seen those interviews where, the bands like they show what there's going on inside their van when they're touring. Mm -hmm. You guys yep. need something. I feel like you guys would have really good stories. Oh, about something. Man. <laughs> is it I, a van? Yeah, is it amount, a, is it a station it wagon? A van. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so funny that it, Scott has a, what is it? A 2001 Honda Odyssey. Hell yeah. This van, now we're talking. This van <laughs> has been in like our lives as one of our very, very close family friends van. So, we actually grew up in this van. Every time it comes up, I like to say this van has come in clutch literally our entire lives. Does the van have a name? Bertha. <laughs> yes. Thank you. It's I'm so... glad you named it. Yeah, it's something mm -hmm. like that. Bertha. Shout out to Bertha. Yeah. If she's still it's, out there. It, Hopefully she's still out there. Yeah, and he's, he's still driving it. It's still going. It's kind on its last legs. I did put it through a bit of work on that yeah. one leg we did with bad flower it, it got put through a bit of work but it's a honda hondas get through everything once this episode drops i'm gonna we're gonna do a hashtag brother all right that we and, got uh, to. and uh i'd love to you know if you have a, have a chance 
maybe even after the interview, I'd love to see some pictures of that of, of Bertha. You know, it's uh, yeah, I'll have to it, I'll have to pull some up. The, uh, you know, the thing about and I, I love asking about the touring question, like the van, the vehicle you take with you. Whether yeah, tour buses are are great and all, but I feel like mm -hmm. it when it starts in something like a van, that's that's what's more memorable. You know, because once you you know move up the ladder. It's tour bus after tour bus after tour bus. It, it kind of yeah. gets, it's different at that point. It's just something about driving a van or a station wagon. My, I think my brother had a station wagon when they were touring. <laughs> no, sorry. He had, a, he had a Ford Expedition. I remember this. It was, oh, it was yeah. so <laughs> massive. And when he, that was the only car he had. Right. And then when he would be done touring, he would come visit us. And the parents would be like, what is that? <laughs> like they don't, yeah. they never even seen that <laughs> car, you know? That's I don't, so I, I don't think he actually named it, but Bertha, man, it's, uh, uh, was it 20 yeah. not 2001 20 21 years man still running hope you guys can bring still that going. through in yeah. texas you know you know uh yeah. cameron i feel like also now you guys when was the last show you played before the pandemic hit i'm sure you remember that you do you is, isn't that an interesting question if you think about it now because before yeah. that hey tell me about this show oh i've done so many shows i can't remember this does this, this but you remember that one show before the pandemic hit, the last something like that. I, I think you're drawing think, a blank. <laughs> I think one of the, I think I think one of the last shows that we played before the pandemic hit was, uh, oh, I guess Grand Rapids in Michigan with Bad yeah. Flower on that last leg of that tour, um, which, you know, that was one of the like craziest experiences that I've ever had. I never thought yeah. that I would be playing in front of like over a thousand people. And there's actually videos online, and mm -hmm. in one of the one of the things that Bad Flower did, they they did a tour prank because it was our last day. You can find the video online. They're taking my drum kit apart, and we and we still have like two minutes left of a song that we have to play. And they left me with a hi hat, a snare, and a kick drum. <laughs> and I'm like, oh man, like I got like so much more song left that I need all this other stuff. So what do I do? Hey, um, if if we have some like bad flower putting into the test, that's, I mean, you you're prepared <laughs> in the future. Yeah, it was. God forbid it, was, it, it happens was a lot of again. Fun. But... <laughs> yeah, God forbid. It. Well, I mean, you know, happens again. I know what to do. Yeah, because I, it's happened to me. But and, and I feel like live music at right now, right? I feel like it's a it's at a point of saturation. Also, because everyone is touring at the same time, fans are mm -hmm. not getting to go to all these shows, you know, because yeah. everybody's out and and doing what they're because they're so anxious to get out. I don't know if you, if, you, uh, if you feel the same way, you know, if you've gone to any shows lately that you've seen, you know, okay, this band is coming on this week, but it's very, it's, you know, but then this band's coming on the same day. Uh, last yeah. week we had My Chemical Romance and Slipknot in Dallas on the same day. We were, I interviewed oh, wow. Fire was actually covering that show. Luckily I had another, my partner, Corey, I was like, Hey, can you cover Slipknot while I cover My Chemical Romance? Luckily we were able oh, to do cool. that, but I miss Slipknot, you know, and then he missed my uh -huh. chemical romance. So something like that, it, like big bands coming at the same time on the same day. Like it's, that's not something I'm not used to that. that that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. So I don't know if you, you get, you guys are getting the same thing out in LA, but yeah, everyone's touring at the same time, which is great, yeah. but it's almost overwhelming. Yeah. Everyone's touring. Everyone's playing shows. Uh, it's definitely been like a, you know, and it's also half, like, we have a ton of friends yeah. that, like, you know, we met, like, we met Bad Flower, and we have the Dead Poets guys, like, all the guys that you mentioned, so it's, like, we want to go see all of our friends and support all of our friends at the same time. I want to go watch the, like, the people who I also listen to, like, yeah. Happy Fits is cool. I also really like Post Malone. I know he's on tour right now. 
He's coming, um, I think, in a couple of weeks, actually. <laughs> I think so. And just like all of these things, like I think Scott's going to like five gigs in the next yeah. like few weeks. And my friend, so uh, like... our, our good friend of mine has a local show that night at Post Malone, which, you know what I'm saying? It's like, That's I so want to support funny. my friend. Yeah, <laughs> my friend's also exactly. a fan of Post Malone. He's like, God, I'm so mad. Yeah. I'm missing Post Malone, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. But at the same time, I feel like there's a sometimes there are some cons with all this, but Hopefully it starts to, once we head into 2023, it starts to dwindle down just a little bit so it can be yeah. separated. But, you know, um, Cameron, uh, the next thing I want to talk about, you know, aside from the music, the thing is, uh, aside from the music, right, I am always intrigued to hear about other aspects of an artist's life that, you know, potentially feed into their creativity and personality. In your case, I thought this was so interesting. Uh, uh, tell me about, your years of surfing because i can't swim for one for one you know and how and when all that started including your involvement with also this is kind of a two-parter your involvement with surfing and your involvement with life rolls on which for people who don't know is uh it's an organization dedicated to improve the quality for people living with various disabilities especially at a time like today i I love that you are taking a part in that so uh floor is yours man Uh, tell me about all that i feel like it comes all comes together yeah, it, it really comes from, again, that honestly, the same friend who owned that van, he uh, got into surfing kind of before us, and it was almost handed down. It was like, my friend got it from one of his friends, and then he takes us, and then yeah. we take one of our friends, and then one of those friends takes it. So it's really handed down. Um, I, I can't really pinpoint a year that I really started. I want to say 2019. Mm-hmm. That's when I kind of got started. And um it was a ton of fun i've been swimming all my life um i swam like competitively in college and high school so i already had a little bit of a grasp of it but it's fun and the first few times going it was definitely not easy uh, i spent a lot of time underwater a lot of time kind of getting you know sent over the falls a little yeah. bit but you know as i progressed especially in and you know, there is not too many great parts of quarantine, but surfing was one of the things that made it a lot better because, you know, people weren't working. The freeways were not as packed as they normally are. So, you know, you could go, go to the beach, kind of be on your own, go and surf. But how that all kind of tails into life rolls on is we've been doing life rolls on definitely pre-pandemic. Yeah, um, it's it's been around for a while. If 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 I'm yeah, not mistaken, I, I went on the website. It's great information, by the way. If anyone hasn't mm-hmm. gone on there, I, I recommend to do so. Yeah, and and life rolls on. Even if like you don't know how to swim or you don't know how to surf or do anything, it's still one of the most like fun. <laughs> it's still one of those fun things, and it's incredible because it all kind of it like the event will start in the morning and it'll go until about three p.m. And you get to hang out with all these people who have completely different life stories and have a completely different life view from what, you know, you or I may have. Mm-hmm. And you get to get them on the board and there's nothing quite like, you know, watching someone who's never really had or been given the experience to surf. And then they get to go out and surf. There's nothing quite like watching someone having that much fun. Are you a good teacher? So, I like to say I'm a good teacher. Okay. Then yeah. next next time I'm coming out in LA, I'm hitting you up. You got to help me with surfing. Yeah, bro. Let's, I went. I went. Out there. I, I don't think I've ever actually. I've done maybe over 500 interviews, and and the fans already probably don't even know this, but I'm gonna tell you. Considering the a uh, uh, topic of subject, I went. 
sixth grade, right? I, I went mm-hmm. on my only swimming lesson. The, uh, we went in the summer and I was the oldest kid in class, obviously. And you know how they give you like the paddle board and then you go yep. across. I was the mm-hmm. only one who was able to do that. And um, I learned I learned swimming just that summer and then I forgot it. <laughs> like the very next week, um, something about I don't know why I can't. Uh, one of my best friends told me, "Yeah, it's fine. Just stay calm. Keep you keep your feet keep your mm-hmm. feet moving and keep your arms, you know, just waving like that." I'm like, I do that, but then I find myself in the, in the, yep. in the bottom in the bottom of the uh, of the swimming pool, and uh, they're just like, "Nah, I don't know, I don't know." Yeah. But maybe surfers should be teaching me. But um, I was gonna ask, um, what the life rolls on. Can fans and listeners who who are listening to this podcast once it drops, can they contribute in some form with life rolls rolls on? Um, is that something that's accessible to them? You know, yeah, of course. If uh, if anyone listening is living on definitely the coast, they mm-hmm. usually do tours up the west coast and the east coast. Uh, you know, some you know only because I live in L.A. I know that they do yeah. Santa Monica, Huntington. They go down to San Diego at La Jolla. They just added on uh, Santa Barbara at um, Rincon. Um, I think they go up to San Francisco. I think they go up to Seattle as well. I'm not exactly sure, but I know they hit the East Coast too. So anyone is available to sign up for those events. I believe the website's just liferollson.com and you yeah. can register. I was as... going to plug in the um, Life Rolls On, uh, the mm-hmm. website. Sorry, go ahead. So anyone can register as a volunteer. Usually kind of what entails a volunteer is that you're in the water helping the adaptive surfing and kind of making the experience as pleasurable as possible for all the, you know, surfers for them. Uh, If, you know, if someone's not living next to a beach, uh, I believe that they do have donations. So you can donate and you can um, help out in that way. And I think they do, uh, they don't only do surfing, they also do skateboarding, I believe. Um, so, but I'm not too involved with the skateboarding one. I'm more involved with the surfing. So I'm not exactly sure where they go on the skateboarding one, but the skateboarding one looks really cool because I know they do one in Venice with the, with the uh, skate park there and you get to watch all the, you know, guys absolutely ripping it in the, in the, uh, in the bowls and everything. So it's pretty Uh, sick, man. Skateboarding I can do. So that lines up perfectly. (laughs) Yeah, no. So that. Yeah, again, there's nothing quite like watching someone who hasn't had the ability to surf go surfing and you know, um, watch yeah. them all laugh and stuff. And also, uh, I want to add that you're a certified EMT, if I'm not mistaken. Is, uh, tell me that about that. So where that kind of stems from is actually tying it back into surfing is I am also a lifeguard. I'm a lifeguard and lifeguard instructor. So I am certified to teach you how to swim. I could definitely 100% do that. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So that kind of stems from that. I've always kind of had an interest in in the medical field and in helping people. Mm -hmm. And it's also just kind of like I want to understand just, you know, just in case. So I went to uh, UCLA and I got my EMT there and it was tons of fun and just learning about it and being around a ton of other people who also have this similar interest. And just hearing their stories and yeah, that all kind of comes from lifeguarding and just kind of having a, a, a weird, a weird, weird interest in, you know, wanting to help people and wanting to understand how some medical things go down. That's kind of where that one comes from. Bro, that's not weird at all. I love that you do this. You know, a, a question <laughs> I usually 
ask a lot of my guests is uh, I haven't asked this in a while. You know, I, I asked something like, what would you do if you weren't a musician? I feel like you kind of just answered that. I mean, and not only did you answer that, but everything that you just listened to me, it it really sounds like you have a passion for what you do outside of the music. It really, yeah. I can see how it feeds into your creativity within the band, which is unique because uh, the band, I don't think I've ever seen this before, but the band has a color and it's blue. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a blue shirt, ironically, ironically enough, you know, I have a, I, I have a save the whales blue shirt on right now. That's that's awesome, ones. dude. I'm, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. So I'm wearing a New York Giants shirt. So nice. So, sorry to all you uh, anybody, <laughs> any Cowboys, Eagles. Someone's uh, going to get upset. <laughs> someone's, someone's also going to anytime wearing a Giants. Yeah. You're, people are like, why are you Giants fan living in Texas? That's a long story. <laughs> that's we'll save that for another interview. That's a wings question. Um mm-hmm. But bro, I think I think that is a very unique take on on what you do outside of the music. I love that you do that. Keep on doing that, bro. There's also a level of inspiration in what you do because not only are you doing the music, you're you're giving people something else that, you know, aside from the music, it's something that they can hold on to with life rolls on, being an EMT, mm-hmm. being a lifeguard, surfing. I mean, I, I'm sure you get bro, I'm sure you get a release when you're out there on the waves, you know, everybody has that one thing. Mm -hmm. You just push everything away and you do that thing. I feel like surfing does that for you on a certain. Yeah, it's definitely, it's like being out and surfing. It's, it's like one of the only times where I'm like, look, I don't really have to stress about anything. I don't really have to worry about school or band or work. Like I can just sit in the waves. It's the sun is out. I'm in Malibu. It's beautiful. And like, you know, what could go wrong? Like, you just are out here. One of my, so, so, much fun. so one of my favorite spots in the world, it's actually Coronado Island off of San Diego. Um, I don't know if you've been out there, but uh, it's, it's about an, a two hour drive. If you're driving like grandpa, like me, um, mm-hmm. but it's, it's in San Diego. It's off the coast of San Diego. I highly recommend you go out there. You specifically Cameron, because mm-hmm. there are, you can surf the waves um some of the most serene spots you'll ever find one of my favorite spots in the world well, i probably will get to the music we're like we're like going off a yeah <laughs> but 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 uh one of my i love just sitting in you know in front of the beach and just you know not thinking about anything else you know mm-hmm. you probably think like why haven't you gone surfing yet if you love the beach so much so i feel like I'm, yeah, we're, we're meant we're meant to connect the, now <laughs> yeah that's the one thing about about surfing and like swimming too is that every time i go to the beach it's like Man, what do I do except surf? You know, it's every time I go, no matter what time of day it is, it's like always got to bring the board just in case it's firing. All right, now, now I have a reason. I'm gonna, you'll be the first person I reach out to once I get out there on the West Coast, um, bro. Let's let's get to Sanitarium, man. All right, mm-hmm. I know we talk about everything except the music, but I, yeah, we need the wings. We're we're like we're like half an hour. Yeah, there's good but, wings. <laughs> sanitarium and then like i said the debut album that's potentially on the horizon which uh, again whatever you can and cannot say about it you know what whatever information you give because i'm excited because as i'm talking about this if you have a drink around you or something like that please just relax because i need you to hear me out <laughs> here's the thing when i heard sanitarium right uh, i felt like that's that's the first song i heard from you guys a refreshing sound in the world of rock music if i were to take bands like weezer third eye blind offspring even fountains of wayne you know and modernizing it i feel like we would get 
you guys. And that's actually a good thing. All right. Let me just point out. It's taking something that was established at the time that these bands that I mentioned when they started playing music, but you guys are refining it to evolve, you know. Now, before we get into the core of this debut record, uh, for people who don't know, Spencer, this is also follow up to your 2019 EP, Growing Up Selfish. I went back and heard that record, okay? I mean, talking about the prequel of prequels, now this is, I'm thinking Star Wars now, prequel of prequel of prequels, you know, songs like, you know, Battery Pack, Junebug, I fucking love that song by the way uh junebug even the acoustic version you guys did over the pandemic uh pitch black that self-titled um not only was that a great ep you guys have also had other singles like fish fried and and bueno another great song holy shit sleep count but you guys have also amassed and still counting uh, over 1.5 million listens if i'm not mistaken across all streaming platforms despite yeah. not even releasing a full-length album yet Here's here's what I'm rounding out to Cameron. You're like adjusting yourself on the seat. I can see you're you're curious mm-hmm. now. I wonder if these sets of songs, like I mentioned, that I just listed off, can these serve as a sneak peek into what's to come on a full length for Fencer, or are we just barely scratching the surface here? So as as far <laughs> as as far as the new music, there's not much I can say, unfortunately. But uh, all right, you know all what right. I what what I can say <laughs> is that. You know, what I can say what uh, that I really like to say is that all the new music that's coming out is very exciting because it's all completely us. It's all yeah. the three of us have done the whole thing ourselves and it's all completely coming from only us three. So it's a very good representation. You know, I'm very excited for what's to come. And, uh, you know, having dropping that EP, I wonder if you... Did you sense any pressure for you when you guys decided to sit down and write again for a new album or even just a follow up to that EP? Because the pressures and then the challenges of dropping like a full length debut album, right? I mean, does that ever seep into your head or are you just like, you know what, whatever, we got our EP, EP out. Uh, this is this is who we are. We're, it's more the opposite way. You guys don't even feel pressure. Mm-hmm. It's it's almost a combination of both. It's a little bit. It's a little bit nerve wracking because, you know, you want to crank out good material, but also it's like, you know, we sat down and we knew that, you know, we are able to crank out some pretty good tunes and we can just sit down with us three and, you know, not feel too much pressure, but you still want to, yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, it's still a little nerve wracking to kind of live up to Junebug and live up to Battery Pack and all those, you know, super great songs that we pumped out in those first EP. I mean, not to mention the the bands that you guys have toured with. That all, I feel like that also adds on to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. definitely does. The uh, the I guess from with what happened is that not with excuse me the um, growing up selfish EP. Yeah, that kind of stemmed from Bad Flower. The um, whole production side of it is that Josh, lead singer of Bad Flower, actually produced that whole thing. Yes, he did. Uh, all all of those songs he produced. And we went, we got a mixed. So there was a little bit of pressure from, uh, you know, recently coming off a huge tour with Bad Flower. We're like, okay, maybe we should, uh, you know, crank something out. And uh, yeah, so there's a little bit of pressure coming from there, but you know, we were still I, I feel like, able to handle it. I feel like it's a good thing to have pressure. You know, it shows that you have dedication oh, yeah. to your craft. You're always trying to better yourself the next time you release music. That's a good thing. You know, at the same mm-hmm, time, yeah, you're 100%. you're looking at your your brother Scott. You're looking at Field and. Each of you, I feel like, are 
one-upping yourself, you know, in a competitive mm -hmm. nature in a way. A lovable one, of course. But I I do want to applaud each of you here, you know, because there's uh, one thing I heard within your compositions of songs is it's, it's chemistry. And not only the music, but even like the music videos. You guys, it sounds like you guys have found the sound that makes you stand out. Not an easy thing to do in a saturated genre, I feel like. You know, garage rock, bro. I, I feel like this was yeah. like a, a dying breed at some point. Boy, was I wrong. Here's why I say that. The lyrics to Sanitarium. I'm just going to read this off here. Lock ourselves away. It's just you and me and my cat. We'll sit and share our brains for a while and the players on my team. Yeah, they never talk to me. Can you blame him? Because we go out of style. Bro, I feel like I was back in the 90s listening to my Walkman as I was reading those lyrics, listening to the song, you know? And you know how you watch yeah. a movie and you keep going back and you you, know, you you catch different parts of the movie that you didn't catch the first time. That's what I kept mm -hmm. getting with, with your songs. Now, the debut album, is it is it, again, I'm not trying to, if whatever you can say, obviously, is this... Uh, the album is completed. Is it done, produced, everything in between? Or do you still have work left to do? As far as kind of, you know, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much done. So but, I mean, again, as far as that stuff, I can't really. That, that's into okay. That, but yeah, it's done. Yeah, that that's okay. Which is again, I'm excited. Uh, I wonder how much do things change from when you first start composing on a debut album like Fencer your debut album to where you ended up finishing it. Did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Did you guys already have a specific sound about this album from day one? I think, I think what, what it kind of comes from is that again, the, those tours, I think those tours are one of the best things to happen to us because mm -hmm. um, we went on that long run with bad flower. We were out with bad flower for about a month, maybe a month and a half. And during that time we were able to really, kind of be around each other literally 24 seven. So we were able to understand what kind of pissed each other off and what, you know, kind of didn't really annoy us. We were able to kind of figure each other out as people. And I think that really helped, you know, writing all the music. Cause you know, you don't, we wouldn't really have the chance to do that in only writing music. And we, uh, but we had the chance to do that when we were on tour and figure each other out and, Kind of where all that came from and uh you didn't mention josh from bad flower he produced your ep um yes he did josh katz and uh i also want to mention zach fisher from big band sound la uh he mm -hmm. makes and mastered the ep and yes, he did. i he's mentioned weezer awesome. right he's worked with weezer he's worked with rancid bad religion um but this new album here's the thing uh again we're not going to dive into you but the new album just on the subject itself Mm -hmm. You know, the song, uh, I mean, the sound itself, a part uh, with with your compositions, the sound itself was is a big part of the structures that I really like about your about your, uh, your music. You know, I'm an audiophile these days, Cameron. I'm very picky on how I want music to sound the way I want mm -hmm. it to sound. Oh, man. You produced the new record. Um, talk about this for a minute here. I'm sure there was that sense of either you have a sense of convenience or was it more of a challenge that you have? full power on how you want this record to sound right it it started because i think when we started we started self-producing kind of in the middle of the pandemic because it was kind of the yeah. only choice that we had and i already kind of had a little bit of experience producing but i never really was able to sit down and do like a full drum recording and a full i only kind of really knew a little bit 
So I guess you can kind of see it from certain songs and going down it a little bit changes, but um, it was kind of, it was kind of both. I was learning at the same time. I was like, okay, I, I watched, I watched plenty of YouTube videos. So at the same time, I was pretty confident in uh, what I was doing. As far as kind of the productions went, we have a little practice space in LA that's completely not meant for like recording it's super yeah. padded and sound deadened so um i definitely learned that the drums when i was micing them and recording them you really have to play to that room because for a while i would try and fake like a nice big acoustic room and the drums sound super loud and roomy and it's like you know i'm sitting in a room like smaller than the one that i'm in that's super patched and it's like so you kind of have to tone everything yeah to the room that's just kind of what i did so it was mostly about adapting to kind of not having as as many resources as maybe i would like but at the end of the day it's what i had so i kind of had to deal with it and again it was we also had the benefit of me producing we didn't really have anyone else's hands on this material so like i said it's all three of us all it's it's you know that's why i'm most really proud because not only does producing a, a big part of my life, it's also, I'm able to say like, I produced a full album. Like we also, yeah. we, I recorded a full album. We produced a full album. And you know, that's, I feel like in my eyes, it's a pretty, pretty huge achievement. I can just see your business card saying surfer, album producer, a drummer, yep. you know, I something like that. that huh? <laughs> make make that sure one. you put surfer on there. Yeah, I, 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 like, I, yeah, I, I was going to say like, how would the composition of the songs be different for you as opposed to the other members of the band? Cause you are a drummer, you know, it, in, in, mm -hmm. in other words, in what order do you come in on the final draft process of all this? Was it, is it, was it structured or did you guys just go along what, whatever was presenting at that time? You know, as, as far as like drumming and kind of, giving my side to each song it's it's almost tough as a drummer because you're kind of subject to the hi-hat snare drum the kick and the tongs and it's all kind of like you kind of have to figure out ways that's not just do, 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 you got to make some stuff a little bit interesting and that's stuff that i kind of really really tried is you know i play to the song what is the song asking for you know but also try and add a little bit of flamboyancy to it. Uh, another thing that I kind of like to do is um, how I recorded each different type, each different song is yeah. uh, kind of adds the drums into a little bit. There's a few different drum kits on the album. There's a few different snares. There's a few different types of cymbals just to kind of give each song and each, you know, drum specifically its own kind of characteristic and its own kind of little, you know, identity yeah now as far as like you know writing the lyrics I, I i mentioned the lyrics that i just read from sanitarium mm. i wonder if it's a more collaborative effort or does field come with you guys like hey this is what i wrote or or maybe even scott comes in how does that work out i mean I, again that's just one song but you guys have a whole slate of songs that are coming up in the future you know mm. how did the songwriting process you know i i wonder for a band like Panther, especially the three of you guys and uh i mentioned to my brothers who are in bands together you know you have a brother in the band so i do i wonder how that, the, how that uh, works out. yeah the songwriting process kind of how that goes down is, is almost like brainstorming so like i will come up with a riff because 
uh, or Scott will come up with a riff or Field will come up with a riff. And that's honestly all we really need. We just really need a single riff. Mm-hmm. Someone will bring it to practice. Be like, hey, I've been working on this for a sec. Like, listen to it. And then we kind of will we'll jam it out for like, I don't know, like, like 30, 40 minutes. And just and the song will kind of formulate out of there. And honestly, sometimes we'll like, okay, we were working on this song for a little bit and someone brought this riff. Well, this chorus from this song kind of sounds a little bit better in this riff. So there's a lot of kind of Frankensteining going on too. But it's mostly like someone will bring in an idea and we'll kind of jam it out. And eventually a basic song will come out. And then when we're recording, that's when all kind of the little kind of fancy things come in. I'm I'm smirking here because I'm trying to think of all the questions I could ask without asking too much of a mm-hmm. debut album, right? Yeah. How and many I, so- and... how, how many songs did not make the cut? Oh well, a <laughs> funny story is that when we when we were recording, uh, straight out of the pandemic, uh, pretty much straight out of the pandemic, we actually recorded a full length album, um, like and had to scrap the whole thing, and we scrapped the whole thing. Oh my god. So there gosh. was a few songs. There was like oh, I don't know. Um four songs that came from that album that we had recorded previously and that are on this new one. But we have like B-sides. 40 B-sides. B-sides. <laughs> yeah. Go and drop drop that B-sides when when the time yeah. comes. <laughs> B-sides. Man. 40 songs. I mean, dude, that's, you know, I love hearing that because that's so much music to look forward to for the people who haven't heard it yet. You know, that's, Mm -hmm. I I love, I love that. It really shows that, man, that's what, four full length albums that you guys can actually just refine. And yeah, I don't know. I'm just really excited for you guys. So um, I'm, I'm very excited for everyone to be able to hear it. And, you know, between writing and then structuring the songs in a production process, like we just talked about, uh, this was, I was really excited to ask you this, you know, keep all this in mind as I'm asking you, because, uh, it was also said, I'm not, I'm not sure field said this, but your upcoming self-titled album it is said to be your most authentic work today. Field emphasized the motto, everything must sound blue, you know, the lyricism mm-hmm. throughout the debut album, even really the bulk of Fencer's catalog, really, uh, I know it deals with the breaking of, of the stigma surrounding mental mental health, right? And its struggles. Considering the state of the world, Cameron, I think it really resonates. It really fits at the time. Uh, and you mentioned how each of you had a collaborative effort in this. I begin to think of the tangibles of a theme or a message to your music. Is that a big component of songwriting for a band like Fencer? Like how important are themes to you? Themes, themes are definitely very important. I, across the board, there's a big theme of, of mental health in our band because, you know, it's something that, you know, everyone deals with, but not a lot of people talk about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully our music is at least some form of release to know that there's someone else out there going through the same thing. You're not alone and, you know, whatever you're going through. So that's definitely a huge theme. And then to touch on the uh, everything must sound blue topic is the fact that um, all three of us, I don't know if you know, you probably know what synesthesia is, where like each song has a specific color. And there was, we kind of figured this out. It's really, really funny. Background story is hmm. there was a, um, a festival called Cal Jam uh, 17 
Okay. All three of us went to it. It was definitely, it was uh, an incredible lineup. Like the Foo Fighters were on it, Royal Blood, Struts. Wow. Um, Liam Gallagher, uh, Cage the Elephant. Ton, like, oh my God, incredible lineup. And one of the nights we were going through and we were like, and we went through the entire alphabet and was like, what color is the letter A? Letter A is yellow. What color is the letter B? Uh, letter B is blue. What color is the letter C? Green. It's kind of like you go through and there's no real explanation behind it. It's just a lot of songs, at least to the three of us, have a specific color. So that's kind of where the color thing came from, is that all of our songs that we write, I believe, are a certain shade of blue. So that's kind of where that that whole theme came from. Sorry, I'm like thinking right. That is that is impressive. Okay, so that's wild. Um, yeah. Because what I'm thinking of right now is I'm a huge film buff. So, and one of my favorite directors of all time is Guillermo del Toro, and I got mm -hmm. to meet him by the way. Great guy. Oh, um, but hit the movies he directs, and um, the point of you having a theme for the color, his movies are, they have a certain color to it. No dialogue. It doesn't have to be dialogue, but he tells the story through a color. I feel like you guys are doing that with Fencer in in a in a very mm -hmm. creative way. Um, I I feel like no one's doing it the way that you guys are. But not only it's just it's see see that's what I'm saying a refreshing sound and rock and you guys are bringing it. I didn't know that. I I love that story. Yeah, Cal Calfest seventeen, huh? Yeah, or Cal Jam. Cal, Cal Jam, Jam. Sorry, Cal Jam. Cal Jam. My bad. My bad. Yeah. No. No. no yeah. Good. That was. Yeah, it was one of the most fun festivals. There's so many bands that I've wanted to see for so long. Yeah. Were there. And yeah, it was just and it was another that was another thing where where Field and I kind of clicked a little bit more was that festival. We definitely had a lot a lot of kind of moments together. How do you know if we you're were a water able sign? to kind of click? How do I know if I'm a water sign? Yeah. Um I believe that's all astrology too. I know that's another one is that all three of us are water signs what's I'm your scorpio okay i'm a libra um libra i'm not i don't know too much about the astrology <laughs> you're after stuff. me like, you're after me yeah yeah i i'm i'm a scorpio scott's a pisces uh i think fields and aquarius i think okay um i never know and what all three it? of us are the water signs okay. which is kind of another reason i got so much that we all... to do after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my girl, my girlfriend constantly is trying to get me into that stuff, and I need to get into it, and I just haven't done it yet. So I think I think that it's, really stretches uh, uh, Fencer's catalog in a whole different world that people may have not have seen yet. So uh, yeah. the whole blue that's 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 really unique, um, Cameron. This is we're approaching the last part of our interview, bro. Sadly, um, sorry, it's been like almost an hour we've been chatting, bro. So I can take up so much just, of it. Oh, dude, I'm having so much fun. Don't worry. I was gonna ask like the. Uh, I didn't even ask this question yet, bro. What are your influences, man? I mean, because you're drumming, you 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 knocked it out of the park with these songs, man. Who are your influences, man? Can can you can you tell me? <laughs> yeah, my uh my biggest influence, and you know, it kind of sounds a little corny. Uh, not at is, all. Uh, Dave Grohl has been a huge part of where I've come from. As honestly as a as a musician, I think, um. So, you know, I'll start with Dave Grohl. I've been listening to Foo Fighters, like, since I was, like, geez, like, six years old. 
Yeah, probably um, before we were born. Maybe our parents were yeah. listening to it, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that, that's a big thing. And my dad was a big Foo Fighters fan, too. So that's kind of where, where that all stemmed from. So I've been listening to Dave Grohl my entire life. He's been a huge influence yeah. with drumming, with Nirvana, with writing music with Foo Fighters. It's that stuff, all big influence. Um, another another one is, you know, Taylor Hawkins, which, of course, sadly, he recently passed. Of course. I did try, I did try and go to the... Um, the concert, tribute, the tribute, the show? tribute in LA. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to go, which I was pretty bummed about. He's been a huge influence too, with because I, I can kind of compare them to as drummers. Dave Grohl is like that slower, heavy hitting drummer. Taylor Hawkins is a little bit light with a lot more flamboyancy, and kind of combining those two together. That's kind of where I sit. Another kind of influence I have uh, the drummer from Royal Blood, Ben Thatcher. I really yeah. like. Because in his recent album, um, you can kind of see that he definitely plays to the music. He has very straight four on the floor, like say two and four, like just straight beats. And he's able to hold it so well. Um, he's a huge influence of mine. And then kind of getting into, you know, people who I definitely listen to would, would be like, um, I think his name is Timothy Malloy from, I think it's a band called Our Last Night. Okay. Um, I really like them because he's a super heavy hitting drummer, but he does a lot of the flamboyancy stuff too. So that's kind of where I come from as a drummer. It's been a, you know, mostly Dave Grohl, mostly Taylor Hawkins, just cause they've been a part of my life for like years and years and years since like before I can remember. One of the greatest videos ever in this world is watching Shane, you know, take the home when he, when he came in, like, I was like. Like, you know, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it right now. You I know? know, just thinking about that. I, I, I remember when that video first started, I just kept replaying it over and over and over. It was just yeah. I mean, a passion was... really unmatched. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, great kid. I mean, you can really sense like the energy and passion he plays within. You can sense Taylor. I mean, sense even Dave Grohl and a mix of yeah. Taylor within him, you know, the way he plays. Yeah. And uh, that, 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 yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I watched that a few times. It was almost. It was almost difficult to watch because of how emotional the whole thing was. You can you can see like at some points you could see Dave Grohl kind of turning around and having these little band moments yep. that you know I I'm I'm able to recognize because I've been doing this stuff the whole playing the live music live shows and all that stuff. He's he was able to turn around and kind of like read off of them and you know especially in that breakdown and, and uh, I- it, it, yeah, it was it was almost it was almost hard to watch because of how impactful Taylor Hawkins has been in, on my life, and to see kind of Shane take that spot briefly and the huge emotional like part of that was almost difficult to watch, but incredibly moving. Yeah, also motivating at the same time. I feel like inspirational to a, to a point. It also gives I feel like drummers, you know, just a a sense of. Uh, more purpose I, I feel like more drive like seeing something like that and i know shane's going to be a great you know a great drummer in the future and mm-hmm. i mean i mean uh, the influence that you incorporate within your style uh cameron i, I mean it's dude you're only going to get better from here man this is only you haven't dropped a debut album yet i mean <laughs> keep in mind bro like you're you're insane on on the on the on the you know just behind the behind the kit here and again i come from a family of drummers so i notice things like that i'm i know we've covered a 
a good amount of ground on this awesome conversation, bro. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like we need our own podcast, right? But yeah, I, I, I yeah, do I, podcast, <laughs> right? Something like that. But uh, I do want to thank you so much for you know sharing a lot about who you are and, and what Fencer is all about. You know, from where you started, right, to where you are now, and performing for as long as you have, and the people you have met and work with doing these. Mm-hmm. I feel like a couple of flawless songs, the EP, the debut album coming up growing fan base and yes you guys have a growing fan base go look at the youtube comments people are saying exactly what i'm saying um of course i'm a journalist so i have to research those things but they're saying mm-hmm. this is such a refreshing sound can't believe i discovered you go look at that it's i i love that you're humble cameron but take a look at what you're doing it's it's really great yeah. you know the touring and go ahead you if you wanted to add on to that because yeah i mean i was just gonna say like i i you know i see all that stuff and it's you know i like to stay humble but at the same time it's like i celebrate your victories (laughs) yeah i want to celebrate it's just like i can't really explain how it feels to have someone who i've never met and who i have no like i have no idea who you are i have no idea what you do to come and listen to something that i've you know put a ton of work and a ton of heart into and to turn around and go dude this is incredible like you know stick it there's not definitely not quite a feeling like that. And the same thing, it's happened a few times where I go out to shows or it's like, like the three of us will go to a bad flower show and I'll have someone who I've, I've never seen ever come up to me and be like, Hey, you're camera for Fencer. Like, let's take a picture really quick. And you know, just, I like to stay humble. I love, I love all that stuff. All that stuff definitely doesn't go unnoticed. It's, you know, it's, I, again, I can't really describe how it feels. Isn't isn't it interesting though? Like just some random fan, just like, oh, all right, I guess. Uh, yeah, it <laughs> is. It is. You look around and... here, and you're like, here you. Yep. <laughs> the first, few and then times, they post the it first... on social media, and you're like, yeah. And he, you, you're still kind of just kind of, almost not. I don't want to say puzzled, but still kind of. That's crazy that that happened, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. and the, the other thing about it is like, it, it's it yeah. There's an aspect to it that's like it's almost weird. It's like. The first few times I was like, oh, like, okay, like, this is like, I'm getting recognized. Like, this is the first, like, this is thick. This is thick. I think I almost told the person, like, dude, this is like the first time I'm being recognized. This is awesome. First off, so, I, I mean, here's the thing, bro. I mean, it's no accident I discovered you, okay? There's a reason why I wanted you on my show, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've mentioned the bands that I've already interviewed on my show, like big bands that I grew up listening to, but you guys are just as important to, to me because that's why I have this publication. This is why I started to give people like you a chance to talk about what you love. No, we're not Rolling Stone. No, we're not Revolver. I get it. Mm. I love those publications, but we are an outlet for bands like you who, you know, you guys need to give, be given a shot. People need to hear about you guys. This is, by the way, this is not going to be just one stream. We're going to be all around the world. So people are going to be hearing you everywhere. We're on Spotify, iTunes. People already know this. So (laughs) I hope you're not second guessing your answers. Nope. <laughs> you know, not, uh, not at all. Dude, I, I'm really excited to see where you go from here. And, and this is definitely something you have a passion for. Uh, the truth is, what I'm seeing, I mean, you may just be getting started, but you got to start somewhere, right? You're in good company exactly. with as mm-hmm. the reception builds, and you've definitely experienced plenty already in your career. I wonder if your aspirations, or hell, as, as like as a musician or a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? you would say you see things differently today. 
I would say I definitely see things differently as far as when I started in Fencer and where I'm at now, I definitely have a better understanding of all the, all the background stuff going on with music. Like when I first started music, it very much kind of seemed like a bunch of guys get together, release a song, uh, either a lot of people listen to it or not a lot of people listen to it. And you just kind of go from there. And, but I've learned that it's really not that there's a lot that goes on in the background. So I think that's the biggest thing that's, that's changed uh, since then. I also feel like I've, I've matured as a musician. You kind of see it as far as, you know, especially writing drum parts. I, I like to say that I've been drumming since I was, Oh, I don't know, like 10, I'm 24 now. What's that? 14 years. Yeah. Um, I feel like I only really started drumming uh, that tour uh, in 2019. I like to say that that's when I started drumming because that's when I was able to sit down and go, okay, a lot of these people really recognize your kick drum patterns and are your fills the same in each kind of section? And are you hitting this symbol in this part and this symbol in this part? So that's, it's kind of another thing I've recognized as maturing is that when it comes to drums for at least for me it's very much i very much pay attention to okay i'm going to play this almost identically to the way i do it in recording keep all kick drum patterns interesting and the same same thing with the symbols which mm-hmm. symbol am i hitting during the chorus like and which symbol am i hitting just for accenty stuff like that's kind of stuff that i've i've kind of paid a little bit more attention to and especially coming into writing what are the band moments? What are some interesting things that you can do? So it's not just chord progression, it's a different chord progression. How do you combine those two to make it, you know, a little bit more interesting? Man, all good stuff, bro. I mean, I, like I said, I can't wait to see where you guys go from here. I'll be keeping an eye when that debut album drops. I may have to bring bring you guys back on again when, when that does. Yeah, that would be, that'd be awesome. Because want... again, not to interrupt you, but <laughs> there it's it's almost hard for me to not talk about it i know so much stuff that i'm like oh i want to tell you guys but unfortunately i can't say anything yet so i mean yeah if you want to have us back on i'll sit here i will literally talk to like two hours about the stuff in the album which unfortunately i can't yeah talk about well, right I, well we're gonna have to start our own podcast at this point yeah, yeah. i'm down I, I think i think that's that's uh that's that's already in the works so we should, <laughs> we're gonna yeah. have to set that up down the line now uh, this is the last part. I mentioned that surprise, right? Uh, you're probably yes. waiting for it. You probably waiting for the, you're probably waiting for the whole time, weren't you? All right, I'm gonna do something called. I'm gonna do something called. We don't have the wings, but we have this. We're gonna do something called the lightning round. All right, I'm gonna go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. You have to pick one or the other. I'm asking you a question, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Some questions are very simple. Some questions are just downright ridiculous. But that's the best part. All right. All right, so I have to pick one or the other. Yeah, and give me two options. I got to pick one or the other. All yeah, right. all right. Let's <laughs> but do you it. have to think quickly. All right, here we go. Okay. Like I said, some of them get get really crazy and and ridiculous. But here we go. Uh, test. Let me test you out real quick. What's the capital of California? Sacramento. All right, that was a test question. All right, let's do this. Red or blue? Uh, blue. Vegan or meat? Uh, meat. Coffee or tea? Tea. Cats or dogs? dogs i saw a cat behind you by the way <laughs> oh, that was my dog it was actually my dog oh that was your dog i saw yeah, i saw a tail going like a, right i have a cat right so it looked exactly oh my gosh jokes yeah. on me dogs uh star wars or harry potter oh man uh mm, star wars 
Hell yeah. Mexican food or Italian food? Uh, Mexican. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Climb a mountain. Country or hip hop? Hip hop. If you were to spend one day in the world of the last video game you played, where would you be and would you survive? Um, I would be, I would be, I, <laughs> this is going to be a funny joke for when the other guys watch it. Uh, I play tons of Rocket League. Um, I feel like I would survive. <laughs> I feel like I, I would, I would love, I would love to be in a Rocket League universe. I think, uh, I, I think I could handle it. The last game I played uh, was uh, The Last of Us. I don't know if you've played it. Um, I have not. So this was this is this game is about ten years old. I can't believe it, but yeah, you know, it's a zombie game. No way I would survive. Mm-hmm. Well, then again, with the tools, I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween or Christmas? Uh, Christmas. Do you believe in Santa Claus? Uh, yeah. <laughs> New York or Chicago? Uh, New York. All right. Would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future? Move things with my mind. Yeah. See, I don't. Th- I think I've had one person say know the future. Most people yeah. say move things. I think with that would mind. be stressful. That would be It'd stressful. Be stressful. Yeah. It's like you got you get you know there's something you got to do, and then I don't know it, whatever it was whatever you do it won't matter because the future will always be whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Anyway, yeah. uh, if Voldemort offered to give you a hug, Cameron, would you accept? No. <laughs> Some people will say, yes, we can change Tom Riddle's life. I guess not. <laughs> uh, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Be able to talk to animals. But you can talk to your dog. Well, it would be nice to like, sit down, have a coffee with it. How was your day today? Well, my day was great. I was able to sit around and sleep. Who, and yeah, who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to know what a bear is thinking in the middle of the woods exactly. on, a, on a Sunday, you know? Mm-hmm. When he's I'd be, I would love to sit down and chat with him. There we go. Uh, all right, last one. I love this question. There's a time machine in front of you, Cameron. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you? And what do you remember the most about this day? And do you take the trip? This was, uh, I would, one, I would 100% take the tip. Uh, the first concert I ever went, ever went to was Van Halen. What? The, you saw Van Halen as your first I show? Did, yes. I saw Van Halen as my first show. I went with my dad. That's I can't so remember sick. how old I was. I think it was in 2007. I think. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. But, uh, it was at the, it was at the Honda Center in Anaheim. I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where the that's where the dogs play. I know that center very I well. Think so. Yeah. What? Oh seven. Yeah, you just said it was oh seven. Whichever. <laughs> was that but, your dad? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, was like, um, he's like, nope, so seven. Make sure you get yeah. it right. I don't know if you have like a the, ticket stuff from that day or pictures or like do you keep stuff like that somewhere? We I'm sure you do somewhere. I think. I think the, that was like right at the digital age, like, like when. I think Around that's there, right, yeah. right when things were starting to be all digital. But uh, I think the, the and the thing that I remember the most about it is that it's a little funny and, you know, a little bit of an innocent moment is that my dad actually got up to, like, use the restroom. I was sitting there on my own. Wait, how, and, how old are you? How old are you here? Oh, I don't I can't remember. Uh, 2007. We got to do the We got to do the about 10. I think it was 10. Now. OK, OK. Born in, born in 97. I was either nine or 10. Okay. Um, and 
I think the the thing that I remember the most funny innocent moment is that my dad had got up to use the restroom or yeah. you know go do whatever, and I'm sitting looking around, everyone else going yeah, like cheering and everything. I'm like a little shy, like little kid, and that was my first time of actually sitting down and like yeah, like screaming and dancing and having fun. And I only did it because I was nervous to do it in front of my dad, and he was able to get up and go use the restroom. I was sitting on my own. I was able to do it like once or twice. That was my first kind of moment of being able to sit and cheer rather than just kind of being a little shy. You didn't do it when your dad was around? I was too shy. I was a shy little guy. What can I say? And look at you. You got your own band doing what you're doing, man. It it only makes sense. Did he hear this story just now in the other room? Yes, he did. Oh, man. You're going to have a good conversation after this, right? That's Bro, thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, Cameron. This has been awesome, bro. I'm going to let you go here. I know we we talked a lot, man. I know there's so much more I'm going to get to down the line with you and, and the rest of the guys up from Fencer, man. Keep me posted. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a follow on the social. Let's stay in touch, man, obviously. Yeah, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to keep an eye on you guys once I hear more announcements. I'm going to you probably get like a DM from me. Hey, is this it? When is it? Is this, yeah, <laughs> so when is that's it gonna be me. All right, so we'll um, drop we'll drop like subtle hints on the on the on the feed, and you'll be like, "Who's this? Is this the one?" Dude, this and 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 here's the thing: if you want to drop, like, if you if you want to make an announcement or anything like that, let me know because uh, you, you can announce it on our publication. I would love to work something out down the line. But, uh, bro, do you have any? I don't know. Last words? Any shout outs? Anything else you'd like to plug in or mention as far as Spencer and new music before we finish things off here? I don't need new music video or you know, it's not a tour, <laughs> the, whatever you want uh, to say. I mean, I'll say, well, first of all, thank you very much for having me. It's been incredible, you know, sitting down and being able to chat and being able to say yeah, some of my, my personal like stuff. It's been awesome. Um, one thing I will shout out, uh, follow us. We're a fencer band at everything. You can find us on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, fencer band everywhere um sanitarium is coming out october 11th so october 11th. that's the that's the day before october my birthday 11th. that's perfect oh there's happy birthday yeah that's there's a great birthday, birthday present. present for me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sanitarium drops october 11th and then uh don't forget everyone uh Flancer also has their ep um check it out it is it is so good growing up selfish um you can find it i know on, i on youtube you have all the all the videos on there all yep. the music on there um they also have you know uh fish friend uh buena sleep count make sure to check out their acoustic version also that you guys mm-hmm. did uh, over the pandemic that, those are also great you guys have i mean you guys are insanely talented but uh give all my best to field scott uh nothing but love for you cameron and the guys going forward uh wishing you guys all the best let's stay in touch um i'll see you next time everyone's listening this yeah. is cameron sove uh i'm gonna sove. I, have a, I have a good buddy of mine i'm gonna call him that from now on so he's gonna He's gonna love it. He's gonna give it to me. But um uh keep your eye on Fencer. Uh they are gonna be making some noise here, hopefully, if not at the end of this year, early 2023. But um uh, nothing below for you guys. Um you can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. Check us out on our interview on fire.com. Uh Cameron, uh much love. Uh stay safe out there. Have a great week. Have a great have a great release leading up to Sanitarium. I can't wait for people to hear it, and I'll talk to you next time, bud. All right. Have a good one, Sonny. Nice talking. Love, man. All right, later, buddy.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.